Welcome to The Nerds Are Typing, a podcast where we dive deeper into our favorite fictional works and critically analyze characters through the lens of the Enneagram and MBTI. I'm Delia. And I'm Connie. We're excited to nerd out with you all about our favorite characters. Today, we're wading into the waters of personality types with the Enneagram Type 1 and MBTI ISTJ. This is our first official, official episode, um, yeah. which is very exciting. If you're brand new, brand, brand new, we did do an episode prior to this, just going over the basics of the system. Um, for this episode, I don't think you really need that, but, you know, I mean, we'll we'll touch on the things we're talking about, but, you know, go back and listen to that episode, too, if you feel like you need to. Yeah. Um, for this, like, run of episodes, we're going to just go through the Enneagram. Um, we'll mention characters that we think apply to each of the types. Um, this episode, we're doing one uh, type from the MBTI, but we'll do about two uh, every episode because, uh, you know, there'll be nine for the Enneagram. Uh, and yeah, we're going to just like break it down as best as we can and hope that as we talk about characters at the end of each section and as we talk about characters and like shows in other seasons and in future episodes, um, these episodes will be a basis for you guys um, to see where we're coming from, where our information is coming from, and to kind of back up our arguments so that when we tell you you're wrong, <laughs> but when we have healthy spirited debates about characters, as Delia and I often have, um, often. we <laughs> We did last we, night. It's fun. We did it's before this recording. Uh, like 20 minutes about one character, and it wasn't at all for this podcast yet. It wasn't. and But we did make notes. We're like, all right, we're going to circle back to right, this. Back. Put a pin in it. Put a pin in it. Um, so that when we have spirited debates, uh, you'll have a, somewhere to come back to. Uh, so that's what we're doing in this episode. So along the way, again, the right now we're going through the systems and kind of just doing brief overview of characters. But, you know what this podcast is eventually we will be going through actual properties and full character analysis and stuff like that so if you have a character or property you'd be interested in seeing typed uh send us your suggestions we're on instagram at the nerds are typing or on twitter at nerds are typing um even if you don't think it fit into a podcast episode we have lots of enneagram and mpti content on our instagram and you'll never know what we'll mean next. Exactly. Uh, you know, we it's just, it's two of us. We have our interests. So uh, we will do our best <laughs> uh, because, you know, we may not know your property, but we want you to tell us anyway, because we might. And we might have ideas for people, other people who know those properties. And, you know, we're excited to see what this podcast will become. And a lot of that will depend on you, our dear listeners. Dear, dear listeners. <laughs> so I guess with that, we can just jump into it. I'm actually pretty stoked to be at this this part of our journey because, uh, again, in the first episode, we also talked about our background as to like MBTI and Enneagram. So, you know, if this is your first time meeting us. Hi, I'm Delia. I'm super into the Enneagram, have been for a long, long, long time. Uh, and Connie, super into the MBTI. Uh, we have cross interests at this point, but that's how we kind of came together. So... Mm-hmm. This is my bread and butter. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Delia is going to take the lead on Enneagram 
breakdowns and i will take the lead on mbti breakdowns guys we bought books for this like we're into it and we kind of like know it but we wanted bought to make sure we came correct i want you to know because <laughs> i had some books and i was like yeah but i want to write in those books those are my old books i'll buy new books just so i can write in them she's an enneagram five y'all i am an enneagram five. <laughs> so you know uh, and yeah, so we're going to come from just like our background knowledge, but also we've tried our best to like do proper, proper research. Um, I bought gifts differing like from Isabel Briggs Myers and Peter B. Myers. So yeah, that's um, too dense for me. Again, yeah. I'm, not, I don't, oh, I'm, very I'm casually and into the so, MBTI. <laughs> it's very dense. And thankfully it's like broken up into appropriate sections where I was like, okay, this is easier to understand. Um, and like, Forgive me, because there will be some 16 personality type stuff coming in here. But, you know, they're different. Don't flame me. Thanks. <laughs> All right. No flames. <laughs> All right. Moving on. So, okay. To start us out. So, we're today we're covering the Enneagram 1. Shout out to my Enneagram 1s out there. One of our best friends is an Enneagram 1. Um, and Hello. they're called the Reformer, most officially. You'll, ha- you'll hear other names for the different Enneagram types, but we're using the names that are used by the official Enneagram Institute. Um, But you can also, you also hear it called the perfectionist. Um, They're very honest, fair, dedicated, self-disciplined. Often if you've ever like, you know, heard somebody be called like, oh, they're so type A, like this is Mm -hmm. that person. Um, Typically they're very driven. They're very goal oriented. Like they're that person. They're that girl. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That girl. (laughs) Get stuff done, girl. Okay. (laughs) Um, if you will remember our last episode, the Enneagram is broken up into three sections into centers slash triads. Um, the Enneagram one exists in the instinctive center, aka the gut triad. So what that means is that they're led by their gut. And so they're you'll often like when people are like, I just follow my instincts or I just get a bad feeling about something or that that type of personality, that's what that means. So Which is so interesting because I feel like the Enneagram one is often like a thinker type, like in mm-hmm. you know in real life and in fiction and you know enneagram ones that i know especially when you compare it to being type a it's sort of like no they're just like very rigid and strict and and uh it seems like very mind like it's a lot of like smart like logical Mm -hmm. types and so it's very interesting that it's like they're coming from the gut and instinct yeah, I think that's the most interesting part. And I think a lot of Enneagram ones will mistype as the thinking types, especially like Enneagram five and four, probably. But um, because they do, they do move to four in some cases, we'll get to it. Um, uh, but yeah, no, they're coming at it from the gut because their core desires and fears have to do with being right and be and and being bad and wrong so they want to be right and good that is their core desire but their core fear is being bad and wrong um so they really have a very innate sense of moral good that they strive for and that comes from the gut they just instinct instinctively know that Mm. um so also part of the gut triad and instinctive center each center and triad has one emotion that drives them how each type within that triad deals with that emotion is going to be different. Um, But for the instinctive center, uh, that emotion is anger, which is interesting uh, also because if you don't know a lot about the Enneagram and you just see ones on the surface, 
they're not like they're not your enneagram eight right they're not out here <laughs> raging against the machine you're not they're gonna not see your them. fighter types you know yeah like... they're not you're not gonna see them blow up maybe ever unless you're really close with them like they're not a, a bombastic type of anger and rage mm-hmm. um for a one they're it's more it'll come out like as frustration like frustration with somebody for not getting themselves getting stuff done or frustration with themselves they hold in their anger because they view that emotion and anger as bad um or detrimental to themselves um so it's focused inward and then therefore focused on themselves so they can be their worst critic they are their worst critics oftentimes and they're very um yeah just hard on themselves often uh you'll you'll see them kind of as you know um I don't want to say workaholic because that sounds negative, but you know, they're, they're, it's very hard for them to give themselves a break because, you know, they're very determined and striving to, to do more all the time. And it feels bad, um, to not do that. And they're always pushing themselves too much. Hey, Enneagram ones, take a break. (laughs) (laughs) Head up state. Why don't you? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so that's like the basics of the core type. Um, and as you know, again, don't get overwhelmed. These are just the very basic outlines of a one, but you know, in the Enneagram, it's not just about your core type. Like you are a one on the inside, but what the Enneagram is about is how it relates to all the other numbers, right? So for an Enneagram where it's situated on the symbol, the symbol is in our logo. If you want to look it up, it's in a circle situation. So every Enneagram type has a number on each side and those can be your wing and your wing is the best way I can describe it. If your core type is why you do something, what motivates you, what drives you, what you fear, um, your wings are how you do it. Um, and so for a one on one side, they have a type nine and on the other side, they have a type two. Um, so you can be a one wing two or a one wing nine. Um, if you're a one wing nine or a character is a one wing nine, they're going to be more introverted, objective, idealistic, and detached from their emotions. Um, so if you're familiar with Enneagram types, you realize, oh, so that means they're taking on some of the traits of that type next to them in order to accomplish their core desires and, and fears. So I just want to clarify, cause I know it can be confusing even to people who like the Enneagram the your wing is numbers, gonna, man. <laughs> it's a lot of numbers it does seem like math at first it, i swear it's not i do not go to math <laughs> but your wing is not going to affect your motivations your motivations are always going to be the same it's just going to be how you go about accomplishing that um on the other side if you're a one wing two you're going to be more extroverted empathetic critical vocal and helpful um i think a lot of times especially in character characterizations and we'll get into it a little bit here but also as we like just move through different um properties i think often i found when typing characters that one wing twos and two wing ones there's so much overlap in how they're written i don't know if like we'll we'll get into it and maybe figure it out on this journey all together why that is but i think there's something about how these characters present in plot specifically that make them way more similar than i think they are in person like if you actually knew a one wing two versus a two wing one Um, which I just think is interesting. Um, so yeah, that's the wings, but we're not done. There's more numbers, (laughs) but wait, there's more, more. So your wings help you fly and they're on either side of you. Your wing cannot be, we're going to probably want to reiterate this. Your wing cannot be another number. 
it but cannot. that's not on either side of your number. But right. you, however, <laughs> sometimes I find, especially like, you know, when friends or acquaintances are like, can you help me? I think I'm a, I'm a one wing four. First of all, I'm like, well, you can't be a one wing four, but there is a reason why you might feel that way. The Enneagram is a system meant to help you grow as a person. Eventually, you want to grow past the point of needing personality because personality is something we take on to protect ourselves is the whole whole concept of the Enneagram. So you want to get to healthier and healthier levels to where you've kind of shed your personality and you're just your true self. That's the overall thing. That doesn't necessarily matter when we're talking about characters and analyzing stories. However, that means the whole thing is meant for movement to analyze where are you moving in stress and growth and how can you utilize these movements to become healthier. So each number goes to a different number in stress and growth. And for a one, they move to four. So if you notice, when you look at the Enneagram, it's not just a circle, right? It's got all these points to it that look like some funky star. Or if you're very unfamiliar with the Enneagram, I have some people, I have heard some people thought, say they thought it was like a cult because it kind of looked like some weird pentagram. It's not. <laughs> the symbol is literally called an, an Enneagram. That's why it's called the Enneagram personality system, you know? Um, but those, those points have our, our track, they're mapping out the motion. So you can figure out where you go, where your number goes to stress and to growth by following the lines jutting out from your number more or less. But I'm just going to tell you on one goes to four in stress. And that means they become kind of, they take on the more negative aspects of a four and they become more moody slash despondent and irrational, um, in growth also called integration, um, they move to a seven and become more spontaneous and joyful. Now, if you remember, we said that a one typically is more disciplined, driven. They can be very hard on themselves. So in growth, becoming more spontaneous and joyful is good because that counteracts the more um, problematic parts of their their personality. They're neutral parts, but if, if you know, dwelt on too much, they can affect you negatively. Not just Enneagram ones. Every Enneagram type has that, has that to them. Yes, and a reminder that Enneagram types are neutral. So when we're talking yes. about moving into, you know, one way or the other in distress and in growth, that doesn't mean that those are, you know, that doesn't mean that fours are bad because they're moody and despondent and irrational. It just means that it takes on qualities of what fours are, which is highly emotional, and it takes on some negative aspects of that, but that doesn't mean fours are bad or sevens are good. So just a reminder right, on to, that. To check, you'll have to check out our episode on fours um, because you'll get to see the full the full breadth of a four. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, they're, each type is neutral. They have good and bad to them. <sighs> to include my type, it is the best type of type five, but it does wow. have. Wow. <laughs> wow. You can't just, like, go against what you just said, Delia. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, there are definitely <laughs> negatives to being a type five. So, you know, we out here, all types are neutral. Don't, if you're feeling attacked, it just probably means you're an Enneagram one and you should go read about it, but it's absolutely, not. Absolutely. Absolutely. As soon as you attack. feel attacked, like in your heart and in your soul. That's when you know. That's when you know. I want to hear like, you know, um, how does she know from, uh, Enchanted? I want to hear that like <laughs> remix for the Enneagram. Like, how does she to know? Us. That's her type. <laughs> How does she know? I don't know. Let's not do it right now. I'll think about it. That'd be fun. That'd be a fun. I bet we could find somebody who would collab with us on that. Do it on Instagram. That'd be a fun, Yay. fun little, fun little thing. Real? Anyways, 
Um, so that's that's the basic basics of the Enneagram one. Um, we'll go into some characters that are Enneagram ones. I I if you if you've done any light research into Enneagram ones or seen like listicles about different Enneagram types, there is one character that is almost certain to show up on these lists because they mm-hmm. are a quintessential Enneagram one. Um, now there are Enneagram, um, they're called uh, instinctual variants, basically subtypes. So, you know, Enneagram, oh even within their single type can <laughs> present differently. Most of the Enneagram jelly so much. I'm just, I'm just pointing out that like, <laughs> no, you, they can present differently. So don't think that, you know, if you're not like this one right. character, that doesn't mean you're not an Enneagram. There right. are different and that's ways to the present. same way for every type that we're going to be talking about. Like, especially when you think about like what we're doing here is like mixing the Enneagram with the MBTI. And so it's like, you know, these, this character may be in Enneagram one, but be different from another Enneagram one. And the whole point of us is being like, so it's fun to think about, so what's their MBTI and how do they differ? Uh, right. So, yeah. But this character is definitely considered the quintessential Enneagram one. And that is none other than the star, the legend, Hermione Granger. <laughs> <laughs> she is the I girl swear, like, that it, every like type A Enneagram one type aspires to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She's studious. She's organized she is very disciplined she's dedicated to the things that matter to her like school (laughs) she needs to get her priorities straight um she does i think want to be good i mean she is a gryffindor so there is that too that's a whole other a whole other level you could bring into this Mm -hmm. um but you know so she does have this desire to be good and right which is i think why she types as a gryffindor rather than a ravenclaw her her right core desires are about you know what Gryffindor is about um she is very instinctive she like she you'll see her she just she'll go and get uh like book knowledge or research to back up what she feels to be true but she instinctively knows things and follows those instincts in in who she associates with how she how she moves in school how she moves against the you know dark lord and why not (laughs) all that um obviously Hermione is black I just want to get that straight like that is on this podcast uh Hermione is black yeah I just I I needed that to be clear just so we're all working out the same sheet of music also also we will be heavily talking about Harry Potter characters uh it just came into existence like there was no writer like is this is just like a world that was that exists like we don't know who the writer is like we don't know her so um also to make that clear because you know trans lives it wasn't written by anonymous is i thought i thought that's what i thought i I mean every time i look at the book i don't see a name on it it just i just open it up but you know it's cool (laughs) so yeah we'll talk about harry potter characters but know that that's where we're coming from but anyways hermione the goat the greatest we love her um next i think is i i almost you know, planning this this leg of our series, I was like, do I want to do this? I'm still not over Game of Thrones. Let's be real. It, <laughs> it's still not, like why are there me... so many properties that it's like, wow, this was a good yeah. part of my life for a very long time, and then something and now it's... something happens where it's like, wow, I can't fully enjoy it anymore. Yeah, not in the way that I used to. However, Game of Thrones has some really great characters to like really illustrate <laughs> types. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ned Stark is also a very good example of a one. Like he literally, 
homie literally dies just because he wants to do the right and good thing in a world that has been very clear from the jump like we don't care about being good or right like that's not what this world is about homie but like, it's not like, even nah. just that he wants to be good and right it's that he does the good and right thing it's like there's a because you, you know there's a difference between like wanting to be good and right and like you know getting caught up in actions and behaviors that other people are doing but no he like went and was like here's what i know sir at least like be quiet <laughs> and he no, said no he said, he said no it is he, right, more like, right to tell and to be honest than it is to conceal i mean except for the whole john snow thing but you know that also i'm sure if he gets was lived another three months Another three right months thing. and he would have been like, oh, wait, I have to tell the truth. And then that would have screwed everything over. It's fine. Yeah, no, he's he's a mess. But I mean, we love <laughs> Ned Stark, but my gosh. Uh, yeah, great example. And also, I think he's a good example of seeing like how anger works in a, in a, in a type mm-hmm. one because he you don't see him like blow up. He's not a, a big bombastic. I mean, especially in the world of Game of Thrones where that would be not an unusual response to like <laughs> draw your sword and be like screw you um but he's a very it's a very righteous anger um and it's quiet i think and i think that's very indicative of like how an enneagram one experiences anger um also, also something that will repeatedly come up uh in the show is the idea that you know when we talk about the enneagram we talk about stress and growth and um a lot of the characters that we're meeting are in stress <laughs> you know they're not yeah. always the healthiest version of their type and so you know it's Delia and I's job to sort of try to to untangle that because that means uh that's why characters are mistyped a lot um mm-hmm. it's why people in real life are mistyped a lot but um it's just like another fascinating layer to characterization and just mm-hmm. like understanding where you know where they are in their journey and you know like they're are very few moments where Ned gets to be happy. (laughs) But I feel like he's kind of a seven when he's happy. It's just like, he's joyful. And like, you know, he has all these kids. Like in the beginning. And so like, you know, he let them like get the the dire wolves. And like, that was like a, not something he planned. It was a spontaneous thing because he's happy. He's with his kids. And then everything went downhill from there. Um, Game of Thrones is probably the most stressful it might be one of the most stressful environments we will be visiting <laughs> i decided i wanted to go through and actually properly like there's some like the main characters i have typed but i'm like maybe we should just type them all just in case eventually we do move past my upset and do a whole episode on game of thrones <laughs> um and i was doing research and and trying to type these characters and i think it what's surprising and we'll get into it, but like I expect, I went straight for like the absolute most unhealthy levels to read about their these potential. Yeah. But I think some of them, and it, it t- speaks to like their own like willpower and the strength in them, don't don't delve into the most unhealthy parts of their mm-hmm. type. Like some of them stay in the average levels, even in the world of Game of Thrones, which right. I think is super because that's where they thrive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I know, maybe because it's just yeah. so normal. They're like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> it's like, oh, everything's chaotic around me. I'm good. This is yeah, where I live. Yeah, this is where I live. I mean, people die every day. It's fine. <laughs> Red wedding. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> um, so a couple. We'll just go through them real quick. Those were the the main two that I really wanted to like highlight. But also, um, in February we did a shipping series for the week of Valentine's Day, and I typed uh, Lara Jean from Tall the Boys I've Loved Before, both the movie and the and and the books, whichever. Um, as a one wing nine 
uh, a lot of people type her as a nine, which I think is interesting, but not where I landed. So, <laughs> I mean, hello, um, the wing, strong wing nine. Yeah, uh, strong wing nine. You can have such a that. strong wing that you really get mistyped. And I just think when I look at her motivations, because a lot of people think it's about her keeping the peace between her sister and Josh and all that other stuff. Um, but I think when I think it's about being a good sister, she wants to be good to the people around her and based on her own innate sense of morals and values. Um, and I think she does have a lot of repressed anger and rage that she's got to deal with. Um, and I don't see her when she becomes, you know, in stress, like, you know, I mean, I don't want to spoil it. I guess tall the boys is new enough. That we won't spoil it, but when you see her move to stress, she does become very like moody, very four-ish and like despondent. She like lives in that emotion a little bit. Um, especially if you read the book and you get like her actual inner dialogue. So that is why I typed her the way that I did. Feel free to disagree, but that's you know, I mean you can live in your wrongness, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, other notable ones are Mr. Darcy, Eleanor Dashwood for my Jane Austen gang, gang gang. Hey, what's up? Um, both very good examples of a type one. I, and it's funny because I typed them separately, just like thinking of like, oh yeah, the, um, Eleanor and Mary, and I'm going to type them. And later I was like, oh, let me type their Pride and Prejudice characters. And then realizing like, yeah, Miss Darcy and Eleanor Dash would be, would be like very good friends. <laughs> um, and also just another note, the ninth doctor for our Doctor Who fans, I think he's a one. We'll get into that. That's definitely going to be its own podcast episode because it's super yeah. fascinating that each of the doctors, the doctors are different types. types. <laughs> but the yeah. same character, like they're the same character. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously it's different. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah. It's um, super, super interesting. One character that I think could easily be seen as a one is Leslie Nope from Parks and Recreation. But like the more I think about it and literally just now, the more you were talking about the character, I was like, is she in Enneagram 3? And so we're going to have to explore that and 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 come to a conclusion about that, mm-hmm. because I think she has a lot of Hermione, like kind of rigid, uptight um, traits to her. And, you know, she's highly, uh, you know, she's very honest and fair and dedicated, self-disciplined. Like she has all of the traits of a one, but she's also very ambitious and very um, like motivated by helping other people like you know i think she's a a much more complicated character than just like a type a enneagram one type but i do maybe she could be like a three wing two maybe yeah yeah and so i'm excited to be able to to talk about that you will Mm. you will probably hear us uh live type people (laughs) as we think about them (laughs) because obviously we can't think about all the characters at all the time so um, we have a running oh, yeah, list of characters that we have typed, but uh, may come to different conclusions as we go through this podcast. <laughs> we may also while I'm researching, sometimes I'll yeah. just write in a book real quick because I'll read something, and be like, you know who that sounds like? That sounds like I don't know Ariel from Little Mermaid, and I'll jot mm-hmm. it down real quick and forget I've done that, and then go back and be like, <laughs> oh right, I need to like actually look into that if that if Ariel is actually a type, whatever four or whatever. Yeah, so I think that. That'll be a fun part of our journey as well. But Leslie gives me one vibes, but, and like, I think her emotions do run on anger a lot. (laughs) Um, She makes good angry face, but (laughs) I don't think her motivation is to be right. Um, So, yeah. We'll see. We'll get into it. Um, But that's a brief, a brief overview of Enneagram 1. 
if you didn't hear your favorite, you know, Enneagram One character mentioned, that's just because we're we're tight on time. But you know, we're gonna work through them. Don't don't you worry. Don't you and worry. And you can let us ahead. know. And you let us know who they are. Uh, tweet at us. Talk to us on Instagram. But anyway, now we'll be moving into the MBTI section of the podcast. Um, the part I know less about. Oh, I know. If, you're, if you're listening, you're like, man, I'm tired of this girl's voice. Well, get ready. It's your time. And it's time to be annoyed by a new voice. No. Um, well, if you are annoyed by either of our voices, this is going to be a hard journey for you. Um, <laughs> ISTJ. Um, often called the inspector, the duty fulfiller, the logistician. Uh, those are pretty, you know. Uh, Wait, I already have a question. Okay. <laughs> Is it like the, I can't tell with the MBTI because, especially if you if 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 you guys like we do exist in these like personality typing spaces on Instagram, especially like different people use different names and like follow mm-hmm. different systems. Is it that there's so many different MBTI? Like, why are there so many names? Like, I know why there are different names for Enneagram. Like, is there a preferred name uh, for these um, types? Well, I know that in the, like, OG, Gifts Differing, the OG uh, book, um, I don't see these names. Uh, I mm-hmm. have skimmed around, but there it's the way that the book is divided is different than listing all 16 types out. And so mm. I think, uh, I actually don't remember at the moment which one is used by the MBTI uh, group but uh like one is probably 16 personality types uh 16 personalities right. whatever it's called um and i think people just want to uh come up with their own systems um because the enneagram is very complex and based on like jungian you know psychology and stuff i think people enjoy filtering out the things that they don't need um especially as you know explainers of the systems and so they come up with different ways to to say it and then they can't use that other person's way to say it you know (laughs) yeah that makes sense it's just Um, like it's like a game of telephone but like teaching these different personality types exactly exactly yeah makes sense so yeah that's i that's why i think uh there are so many different names because even the myers-briggs foundation like website doesn't really split them up this way so you know i think it's easy it's useful to use them for me because you know a lot of them not all of them but a lot of them are descriptive it's just like Mm -hmm. what can you tell about someone who's an inspector a duty fulfiller a logistician like you can tell what that kind of means uh and so i find that uh pretty useful so istjs means you know introverted sensing thinking and judging uh you know very you can kind of like break that down by each of their different letters which uh you know we can go back to episode one and we kind of went through that but what the myers-briggs uses is a thing called a cognitive stack so um it's a very complicated thing that i cannot explain to you properly and i won't try and it's not you know, we, the details of this aren't as important as just like the way that we're going to use it to talk about characters. So, yeah, um, it only but, really come up if there is like just like with like I was talking about. There's like instinctual variants of like mm-hmm. the enneagram. We're not going to get into that unless we're like we have episodes debating like one character and we're mm-hmm. really getting into like the, the nitty gritty because mm-hmm. in reality, your co- the cognitive functions affects it does affect how you like 
interact with the world as a person, but as a character, like just knowing the the your the four the four four letters is usually enough. <laughs> Um, and the way that the uh, book splits things up, uh, Gifts Differing splits things up, is sort of by the cognitive stack. So uh, the two introverted sensing types were grouped together, um, and then it splits it up between thinking and feeling. So uh, that's sort of just like an easier way to go about it. So the cognitive stack is introverted sensing, extroverted thinking, and then introverted feeling and extroverted intuition, which again... I'm not going to go into it, especially the last two. So I'm mostly going to be focusing on the first two because introverted sensing means something and then it's supported by thinking in this case. Um, so ISTJs have introverted sensing. They're the type that like catch every detail. They don't overlook anything. They are people who like things to make sense and they don't like things that don't make sense to them. Um, they're quiet, they're serious, um, they're thorough, dependable. Um, because their they're introverted sensing is supported by thinking as opposed to feeling, um, they're very practical people, they're realistic, uh, you know, a lot of that like brain kind of stuff as opposed to like heart and gut kind of stuff. Uh, they're very organized, love to use numbers and facts, you know, if it makes sense because it's supported by facts that they intake. Um, in the world. So there, there are those kinds of people who, you know, we kind of group these together because ISTJs are often Enneagram ones because they share a lot of those, uh, type a personality type, like type a, uh, features. Yeah. <laughs> There's a new <laughs> word that I wanted, but a good thing of it. Um, and so that's kind of why we kind of group them together. I think the way we group these together I don't remember why we did it this way, so it might be a little chaotic in the end, but, you know, there was well, a... Well, I there mean, was we tried to, to clarify, yeah, ISTJs, there is a lot of overlap with Enneagram ones, but, like, I, don't, I think we've highlighted this before, but just to be clear, like, you can be whatever MBTI type and whatever Enneagram yes. type, we just kind of went off of trends, and sometimes, mm -hmm. I mean, but we also had to spread them out fairly evenly across the episodes, so, like, mm -hmm. some will be more likely than others, but we tried to, like have a relationship at, at least a little bit between Enneagram types and the MBTI. Right. But just because you're an ISTJ doesn't mean you're an Enneagram one. And Absolutely not. Absolutely not. As we will learn when we talk about <laughs> these characters. Um, but yeah, uh, these are the very logical people, um, hard workers, not too impulsive, kind of like very focused types, um, orderly, organized, systematic those kinds of things. But because of the introverted feeling, which is like the third cognitive stack, again, it's kind of like going to come up every so often, but not too much. It just means that they are, uh, they use their sensing and thinking to better their relationships with their close friends. And because they're introverted, it's usually a small group of people, but they use these details to, uh, better other people's lives. Um, and so they'll help you if it don't, but if it doesn't make sense, they don't want to help you. <laughs> but if you can convince them to help you, they're all in like no distractions. They will focus on doing what you need them to do, but they will still be well, like, just... girl, why are you doing this? <laughs>
the way you're just basically i know we're gonna get to the character in a bit but like, <laughs> from, like yeah 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 i mean yeah. it's the perfect and, segue the fact right? that like, she's laughing she knows exactly which one i'm talking about exactly <laughs> like this is the it was kind of you know well, listen both of us are big harry potter fans and hermione's <laughs> our favorite character okay like yeah, one of our favorite characters like she's just a a, a prototype character that's easy to 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 focus on when you're typing characters so hermione um like all of that makes sense right like (laughs) i think a lot of people tend to sometimes uh tag her as intj so uh intuitive instead of sensing but she's so detail oriented and practical again like a lot of it when i was reading it i was just like oh my goodness because it's like um if she doesn't agree she will tell you she doesn't agree. This doesn't make any sense. But if you convince her, like when the boys convince her to do something, she's like, oh, fine. And she gives it her all. She will de- absolutely do use all of her best skills to help you with this plan. But she's still like, this doesn't make any sense, guys. <laughs> but she uses her thinking and her sensing to help her closest friends. Um which honestly is like her mentor, Professor McGonagall. Like Professor McGonagall is one of the smartest people in the Harry Potter series. She should be in charge of everything. But Dumbledore is like above her. And he does a lot of things that do not make any sense, right? (laughs) Nothing makes sense that this man does. Hires people that don't make any sense. He goes away and then comes back randomly. He does does what he wants. And McGonagall knows that this is stupid. She knows that this is wrong. She knows that she this little boy should not be left at this house, <laughs> but he asked her to do so. He asked her to sit outside this house, and this one's her Robin. Uh, she, he asked her to sit outside this house <laughs> all day and tell him how these people are. And when he showed up with the child, she was like, they're bad. And he said, he still said, well, we're leaving him. Why would you have her sit out there all day if you know that? Anyway, so she used her very detail-oriented skills to do what she was asked to do, even though she thought it was dumb because of her relationships with other people. But she is very much a detail-oriented, you know, catches everything. Like, if you're doing something in class that you're not supposed to be doing, she is the first to see it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Some other characters that I think match this are like three sailor guardians from sailor moon. So sailor Mercury, uh, who is like basically the Hermione of the group, like just literally she's the Hermione of the group. Like that's the easiest way. If you don't know, go to sailor moon, which Delia doesn't, she's Hermione. <laughs> she's like always in class, always studying, always, uh, you know, in cram school has very big dreams about what she wants to do. Very specific. And like, is the practical one, but if somebody tries to convince her to do something, she's just like, I mean, I guess. And she will use her little Neptune, I mean, Mercury computer to like figure out how they can do what the, her friends want her to do. Um, Mm -hmm. Sailor Neptune, uh, gets a little less character development, um, or like focus because she comes in later seasons, but she's also the same way. Um, especially in the sense of like their mission is to collect these talismans and you know it's from some like higher ordered being and so she's very dedicated to to doing this she's very practical matter of fact if people have to die in order for them to get these talismans away from the bad guy she's gonna they they gotta die like that's just the mission you know like they're she's uh very steadfast and 
focused on doing this because she knows it's the right thing. But eventually, you know, she and the other outers become, you know, into Sailor Moon's group and Sailor Moon's all about feeling. Um, and so like a lot of things that Neptune does later, uh, she does for this group of people that she's dedicated to. And she puts all of her, her effort and skill and wisdom into it, even if she doesn't agree. And Sailor Pluto, again, no, basically no character development, but <laughs> he is the guardian of time. Her job is to stay at the okay, gates of time. Ab- that's absolutely. Lit. That's what I was like. I got to break this that one down for Delia. She is the guardian of time. She will stand. She is tasked to stand at the gates of time and prevent people from using time travel willy nilly. But she has helped people and she's broken the like cardinal rule, which is to not interfere because it was for her friends and for the greater good and for people that she loved. Um, and so I, I think all of those, all three of those characters um, portray an ISTJ characteristic. Um, to go back to Harry Potter, and I'm so sorry. This one, okay, go ahead. We'll, I'm we'll... so sorry to anyone who's an ISTJ. <laughs> well, okay, first of all, wait, first of all, y'all got Hermione and McGonagall, and rightfully so. <laughs> So like y'all could take this one. Y'all could take this L. Severus Snape is an ISTJ. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, it's, but he is. He it's really so is. interesting to me because like we both at different points were like, I think Snape's an ISTJ. And the thing is, he gets typed as an INTJ a lot. And like I think it's close. Like mm-hmm. I think it's possible for people, like, cause you know, your preference of whether to be like use intuition versus sensing can be very close like you yeah like, people it's basically how you take in information in the world and that can change moment by moment but it's based on like what your overall most common uh use is but i think if you i mean if you read intj versus, versus istj like i just and literally the only difference is in because you know we talked about cognitive stacks before. The only difference between an INTJ and an ISTJ is literally there are they is their dominant uh, cognitive function uh, in introverted sensing versus introverted intuition. Like the rest of it's the same. So it could be very a very close shave. But like when I read about an ISTJ and even talking to Connie about it afterwards, I'm like, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> He's an ISTJ. <laughs> and so some of the things that like obviously he is also detail oriented, practical. He um, is very logical, uh, loves facts about uh, <laughs> about potions or whatever. I don't know. Um, he The dark arts. The dark arts, I guess. <laughs> um, quiet, serious, um, and all that stuff. It's... But what really did it... No, go ahead. No, 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 go. Um, what really did it for me is the detail of doing something for your friend even if you think it doesn't make sense like once you are convinced to do this you will still use your utmost skill and power to do what they want even if you don't if it doesn't make any sense to you now what does that sound like that sounds to me like he's Mm -hmm. in love with this girl and he wronged her at some point a mistake that he made you know, based on other characteristics that we will discuss later, because Snape is a very complex character and it's always screw him, but he's still complicated and Mm -hmm. interesting to talk about. But he loves this girl and he screws up 
and messes with her life and ends up, she ends up dying and in Oops. order to sort of <laughs> just a little oopsie um in order to you know kind of exemplify his true personality traits it is he decides to like help the side of good even though he literally was a death eater because he wants to like rectify this big mistake that he made um he does it because of lily like it's a it's this is the thing he does not go to the side of good because he wants to be good like that is no. just clearly not true because otherwise you wouldn't be bullying children and like you know neville wouldn't think you're his worst fear at the age of 13 so it's not because he wants to be good it's because of lily he doesn't think it makes any sense but it was something she was passionate about and her death is essentially convinced him to take up her cause for him and then he used his skills as an evil person <laughs> Like, he uses, basically, he uses his skills as an evil person to fulfill her, her desires. And, you know, he was detail-oriented and, you know, very serious and was able to sort of, like, play the role of a spy for both sides fairly, I was going to say fairly convincingly, but, like, the good side knows that he, like, got a little problems, but, like, I guess it's, like, Dumbledore has this one... Thing of information that convinced him um mm -hmm. and so yeah like he's an ISTJ guys <laughs> he just is it is what it he is. Just is um I think the thing is like mm -hmm. that's what we're talking about when you're we're talking about like for the most part to type characters you don't need to get into like the super in-depth because it's usually pretty apparent but sometimes you have very complex characters in which you like do need to go into their cognitive functions and see how they interact together and be like okay no this person's that or, or this. And that's how we come to those decisions. Because I think if you read just like the surface level description of an, of an INTJ, that also fits. But you have to see how those things play off of each other mm -hmm. to realize like, no, I think this character is more this way or that way. And so for you, for you dear listener, you don't need to know all about <laughs> cognitive stacks or all the instinctual variants um, unless you just want to um to go along with us we'll take you we'll take you there when we need to go there but I, <laughs> we often won't need to go there yeah um some other notes that i like had about istjs um because well actually first bruce banner also an istj very logical science driven detail oriented um and that will become an interesting conversation because the hulk is the exact opposite is enfp um and and that's going to be a fun conversation to have because, like, obviously he has to be his direct opposite. It's the Jekyll and Hyde thing. But also, if you actually look at it, it's like, oh, it actually makes sense that he's the opposite in, in the actions that are usually shown as this character, primarily focusing on the MCU. But um, mm -hmm. and I guess Katniss might be an ISTJ. Uh, someone typed her as such, and I think it works, but mm -hmm. I'll have to give it some more thought. But, you know... <laughs> some stuff about the ISTJ that makes sense for all of these characters is like they have an offbeat sense of humor, difficult time saying no, difficulty picking up the emotional needs of others immediately, uh, concern themselves with maintaining the social order. These things sound familiar for a lot of those characters, right? <laughs> uh, little tolerance for indecisiveness, 
uh, lose patience more quickly if their co- chosen course is challenged with impractical theories. Um, <laughs> they become noticeably angry as deadlines tick nearer. I mean, Hermione. She punched yeah. a, punched the boy in the face. <laughs> she de- she Oh my gosh. I can't wait till we like properly talk about Harry Potter because we are gonna we might just do an episode on Hermione. I'm not sure. That's not in the plans, but maybe because like especially looking at her third year is super interesting because she is in high levels of stress. High levels and so, of stress. High levels of stress. Mm-hmm. So from an Enneagram perspective, it's interesting, but also seeing how she like moves through the world through an MPTI perspective because it's so complex how she has to live her day-to-day life living in multiple timelines. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But yeah, um, again, those are some some basics. Uh, you're free to, you know, look up your own and make your own decision, uh, you, know, you know, your own conclusions about uh, these characters and how we feel about them and we will be talking about them later and sort of going into more depth about how we feel but if there are ISTJ characters that you feel we didn't talk about or should talk about later let us know or if like and this goes for any of the types like you see a meme <laughs> on Twitter or Instagram or Tumblr or wherever you get your MBTI content or Enneagram content and you're like I don't know they might be wrong send it to us and we'll we'll see what we can do uh to figure out which which way it goes yeah absolutely i love to do that i mean no shade to other accounts because you know sometimes it does come down to interpretation and that's a thing like yeah and and obviously we're talking about fictional characters so like they're often inconsistent with their writing because writers are fallible and sometimes use characterization to fulfill a plot as opposed to like a consistent thing whatever um you know, some of that might just be depending on the skill of the writer in question. <laughs> Which we will see that come into play. Oh, boy. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that I mean, I think that I think that's about it. I, I like hearing about characters as MBTI. Like, I can sort of type them, but, like, not very well. But, like, I like hearing the details because I'm like, oh, that's so true, too. Like, they really are that way. And I just really like how together the MBTI and the Enneagram really like color each other and really mm-hmm. can like flesh out. Right, because Hermione people, is a but one. Also- Hermione's a one. Is McGonagall a one? Did we decide that? I, don't I lean that she's a one. We haven't officially like worked on typing McGonagall, but like I I lean that way. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised. Agree. And so um but characters like Snape is not a one. Uh Bruce yeah. Banner's not a one. Uh, Sailors Pluto and Neptune are not ones. Um, Sailor Mercury is a one, but um, I don't go to the Hunger Games, but I've seen Katniss typed a lot, and I don't see her ever typed as a one. Mm-mm. No, definitely not. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, next week we'll be discussing Enneagram Type Twos, ESFJs, and ESFPs. Until then, you can join us on Instagram for more character analysis and Enneagram and MBTI content at The Nerds Are Typing. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. You should let us know who your favorite type ones and ISTJs are in media. Are you a type one? Do you agree? Are you an ISTJ? Do you agree with what we said? Let us know. You can hit us up on Instagram at The Nerds Are Typing. We're on Twitter at Nerds Are Typing. You can use the hashtag The Nerds Are Typing. And you can follow us individually at Constar24 and at Delia is typing. Relation, <laughs> just a coincidence. <laughs> uh, happy typing, guys. Thanks for listening. Happy typing. 
The Nerds Are Typing is a Black Girls Create production. To find out more about Black Girls Create and how we're turning fans into creators, visit blackgirlscreate.org.